0: and we will go ahead and get started welcome everyone to one-on-one live with coach blue and athletic director marissa hello we are here so good to have you here as we're doing some adjustments to some of the uh the tech in this room um bear with us we are a bunch of uh what neanderthals when it comes to some of this stuff that we've got going here but we're gonna get it and we'll get things back in flow um, hey, Patreon subscribers, thank you for being being so patient. We've got some new episodes dropping on Patreon. Um, the rest of the playbooks coming your way. And so I want to give you guys, a, I don't know, just a special thanks for, uh, you know, hanging in there with us as we've done a lot of moving, yeah. tons of moving. Um, but, yeah, Marissa, as I, you know, jump on here to, to talk about our Patreon subscribers, what what, uh, what do we have on the horizon? we got so much stuff yes, coming down the do. pipeline for Added to Athlete.
1: So first is biggest thing for us is our we have our um National Recovery Month is in September so we have our National Recovery Month 5K that we put on on Labor Day in Spanish Fork, Utah but we also have a virtual run where you can run for yourself um in recovery those who are still struggling or those who have um gone and but we don't want to forget. Yeah. Um we will have a silent section of the race for that and we have some special things planned for that so we're excited and we hope anyone can come. We also have a virtual option if you don't live around here please get on to addictathlete.org you go to races and you can register there. It's only 10 bucks if you want a shirt. It's 15 but the $10 comes with a bib and wristbands to represent those categories. So red are for those who are still struggling, white for those in recovery and Black for those who have passed on
0: absolutely and you know it's it is man it is so emotional but it is also like super healing you know yeah. what i'm saying like th- you've probably seen a few videos in the past of uh of a gentleman that every time i watch this video i just get choked up where in that in that section where we run in yeah. silence he actually like takes a knee and starts to pray yeah. you know and Man, Marissa, it is—it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. sign up. Be be willing to come out there and invest a little bit of your time. Um, get to know the team a little bit, and and I'd love for you to come share with me personally who you're running for. Um, I would like to share that with you guys. So yeah. thank you so far for those who have registered. Um, we have a deadline for shirts though, so we gotta—if you want a shirt—and they're gonna be epic. Yeah, um, probably do like fast. probably like
1: the 24th, just to guarantee you have a shirt. We'll order extras, but to make sure you have them. Get on and get registered now.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: helps us. And this Plan.
0: coming uh, 31st of August, Addict to Athlete will be participating in Utah State's um, observance of the National Overdose Awareness Night. Yes. Um, Addict to Athlete will actually be running 13 miles uh, up to the state capitol as a group and as a team to to celebrate and to remember those who have passed and to arrive at its destination to help, um, you know, give a, a little bit of a, a voice to those who, who aren't here. And USARA is a big part of this. Um, Mary Jo and all of her her company are going to be doing some some good work out there. So we invite you to the state capitol, 7 p.m. on uh, August 31st, if you are here in the state of Utah. If you're listening to this abroad or somewhere else in the country, I I am sure your communities have something like this. Please research it and and participate there. We are still in a a world of hurt when it comes to how many people are losing their battle. I think we're upwards of 300 and... I, I don't know night 89 people a day i think now it's it's incomprehensive i mean it is it is mind-boggling so please get behind your your state uh recognized national overdose awareness night Um, and if there's not one, maybe there's uh, some stuff we could do to help you to communicate with the powers that be to get one started.
1: Yeah, ours is a great one, and we've been doing it for many, many, many many years years now. So we're very grateful.
0: Um, But, Marissa, we talked about our Patreon subscribers. I want to thank you all for uh, for, uh, helping us out with Patreon. Patreon's kind of a cool thing because uh, your investment gives us the opportunity to do this, to get some of this equipment that we don't know how to use quite yet. Um, but also to get this promoted out further, and it gives you something in return. And uh, like I said, um, here comes the, the next segment of all of your extracurricular recovery playbook episodes and much more. We got some neat things planned. But I want to give a special shout out to our super fans, Jerem Thurston, Tracy Whitby. He's Whippe. watching too from Brazil ah, right now. Right now, Jerem, yo. Know? Uh, 90 degrees and sunny. I would imagine. Yes. Uh, 24/7. Tracy Whitby, Coach Holly Davies, Scott Foster, and the full Foster family. We got Coach Chris Williams. We got Brett Frew. We got Coach Tara Butson out there in God's country, Telluride, Colorado. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. Absolutely. We got Steve Riggs. Um, Steve Riggs has been all over the place. He's Did you see? mountains? Man, he's running mountains. He's he's everywhere. Coming, yeah. Yeah. Karen Hardy, thank you so much. Karen uh, has been a huge part in getting our inventory and our store going. So. Yeah, she's been helpful. Yeah, thank you, Karen. And, of course, the Warrior Within Podcast and Personal Development by Sensei KP. Yep. Marissa, KP is going to be doing a group here soon about breaking boards and, and uh, doing all kinds of cool stuff well, that, like, a samurai would do. Our so. local meeting. Absolutely. It's awesome. going to be awesome. Our rookie-level subscribers, Coach, Coach Kenny Roseman. I like saying that. Listen to this. Coach Share Bear, Sherry yeah. Poulson right coach earl dyer
1: they're all the same level yeah
0: absolutely so so come on sione and mary what (laughs) the heck you guys need to step up and be be coaches they coach the and participate in the softball team so they do we we call them coaches absolutely so thank you so much to our rookie level subscribers our pro level subscribers thanks so much wendell wood uh gary thurston and andrew baird uh all good just men of my heart those three Absolutely. And, of course, our championship-level subscribers, the top tier. Thank you so much, Shad and Freya Robison and the Robison family. And, of course, soon-to-be coach, Ron and Dee Loesch. Yes. So I'm excited to get to get Dee through this program. Um, she is going to be a powerhouse up there uh, yeah. in, in God's country, Montana.
1: Yeah, really quickly, I also wanted to just to add a quick thank you to our sponsors for our 5K. We've got some great sponsors yes. helping us out. First, we have First Purpose Wealth in Orem. Then we have Come Clean Laundromat in Blanding, Utah. Um, Connection is a Cure, who you've talked about. Yeah, before. September, She's done probably some mm-hmm. Information, things with her, and we have her on the podcast a few weeks ago. Powerful. Um, so look into that, and then the UtahDUIClass.com. So thank you guys. We couldn't do our 5K without you.
0: Absolutely, it's going to be a beautiful experience. Um, Marissa, we do have we have several questions here, and I know it's been a minute since we've done some of these, so I'm going to throw some of these out to you. We are only going live on Facebook uh, today until we get our internet services uh, up and running and here.
1: I know we're lagging. It looks like we're lagging a little on Facebook. I'm sorry. Okay. Here with us till we can. Get Let me
0: out. get rid of this, and that might help a little bit because my iPad's trying to connect to that, so that might help a little bit. Oh. Nonetheless, uh, this will actually be broadcast as a podcast today. So if you don't, if you can't hang on Facebook or you don't want to answer your question on Facebook, you can listen to it um, a little bit later today.
1: On any podcast platform.
0: So, um, Marissa, this first one has to do with resilience. Um, uh, Specifically, where do you find resilience? I find that I keep getting behind the curve. Every time I feel as though I'm making some headway, I get hit with something that throws me completely off my path. Uh, resilience is supposed to be something about bouncing back when times get tough. But what happens when all my times are tough and I can't seem to just get myself moving? It seems like the world's collapsing around me. Am I doing something wrong? Yeah. This typically happens when we see people, um, starting to correct some of the wrongs that were made in addiction. Yeah. And a lot of times I feel as though, uh, it's a crucial aspect and a real precarious time for you to, um, you get nervous and maybe jump ship because resilience is about getting back up, dusting yourself off and going back on. It's like, it's like what Rocky said, right? It's not how many times you get hit and fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Yeah, Resilience is developed that way and it's established that way. And I know sometimes when, when you come out of that, that cloud of addiction and so many things have figuratively, spiritually, mentally, whatever gone wrong. Yeah. You may feel as though you are so far behind the curve of life that why try? Yeah. So what do you do? How do we help people get into the mindset and, I guess, just establish that sense of resiliency and know that you're, you're going to come out of it?
1: Yeah. So just over a decade ago, there's a psychologist named Angela Lee Duckworth who started researching grit, which mm. those are very, very interchangeable words to it I believe resilience and you know the benefits of grit and why we need it um it's you know passion and perseverance over long term goals rather than short term you know sprints like having grit is really running a marathon yeah so we talk about that it's something that you can't really often look at the end and what's going to happen down there you need to have a vision of it but it's not something that you You know, it's a long way away. So it's just how am I going to be consistently continuing to push and fight forward. So she has developed like five main things that really help us if you're really trying to address your um, resilience or grit. Um, in being able to build it. Number one is to pursue your interests. If you're doing something you don't like or it doesn't interest you, it will be difficult to push through the hard stuff, get out, try everything, find what you're passionate about and do it more. Um, number two practice to have resilience and to be gritty. You want to improve and working at it is how that's done. Practice may not make perfect, but what do you say? Practice makes makes permanent, permanent, right? Our ability to learn isn't fixed. Don't give in when things are hard and increase your mental toughness. Um, In study after study, Duckworth found that where talent counts once, effort counts twice. I love that. And to know that effort is going to do more than just talent, you can build on that. Yeah. And sometimes just knowing that helps you push through. Um, Number three is find a higher purpose. Um, it's not just finding something that interests you. It's about understanding that your interest contributes to the well-being of others. Mm. You know what that it is. So your world becomes bigger than just yourself, and being able to see how your your world does that and you know expands to others is a huge you know predictor of being able to have more resilience. Um, four, foster hope. To reach your goals, you must believe it's possible, first and foremost. If you don't believe it's possible, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right? Research has shown that it is possible to change your brain and learn throughout your entire lifetime. So being able to know that whatever goal you set is possible is one of the best predictors and being able to have that grit and resilience to get through any challenging time. Knowing that it's not whatever your struggle you're going through is not always and forever. It will change. Yeah. It will pass. It will pass. And five surround yourself with people that you want to be more like resilient people, gritty people. Um, when you surround yourself with people that have the same goals as you or people that have done things you want to do, you're able to see that it's that increases your hope because you can see they're doing it and it's possible And if somebody else can do it, you can too. So surround yourself with people that you want to be more like. um, And then you're able to do it much easier and quicker. Um, And we've said many times that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So surround yourself with greatness and people that will lift you. And that's going to be the biggest help in building your resilience.
0: And I think when you you do come out of that darkness of addiction and you start seeing maybe some of the ramifications of old behaviors, listeners, I I really want you to appreciate where you've come from. Everything you've been through has led you to that point. And if you're making these changes, you're probably taking a sober look around you. And there's a lot of things that need to change. And there's a lot of things that will catch up with you. We've spoke with many of our clients and athletes have had some pretty severe consequences through their sobriety. Because now they have a job and they're being more productive and all of a sudden, bam, here comes these, these uh, garnishes and yeah. whatnot that Start take away significant amounts ranges. of money. And instead of just throwing in the talent and being like, well, screw this, the system's rigged, they lean into it. Yeah. And there's a sense of, of integrity and there's a sense of value that comes out of that of like being able to pay for the actions that you take took, responsibility. take responsibility for it. Yeah. And there's, I don't think you should, you should poop on that. I really I think know. you should feel the magnitude of what that kind of responsibility, responsibility brings. Yeah. There's nothing and cooler I, than that.
1: I do believe that it, there are some cases I've heard of that. Yeah. The garnishment is so extreme and I there's so them. much they're trying to get that there's no way you can get a leg up. But I also know that there's resources out there And people out there that can help you be able to address the state or address whatever court system you need to if that needs to be addressed so that you can at least make ends meet. Um, So don't just lie down and take it either to the point that you can't do anything, but keep fighting.
0: Absolutely. It's a big one. Hang in there. I think one of the things that Marissa said that's most important is surround yourself with strong-willed people. Um, Again, when you wake up and you start finding out that you've been surrounding yourself with people that keep you stuck, that's going to be a hard one. But that's when you join the team. That's when you look for support groups. That's when you look for people that are going to help attain goals for you as as well as you're you're progressing forward. This next one's interesting. It's basically how do I grow spiritually? I've heard this being a topic so many times in meetings that I just feel as though I am out in the dark most of the time. I feel as though I don't have a connection spiritually, but then there's times that I know I've had spirituality in my life, such as times that I know I should have been incarcerated or even wound up dead, but by some kind of grace or some kind of higher power, I find myself getting through those dark times. Is that spirituality? That's a big one. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, I remember when I first came out of, uh, I guess the, uh, you know, the counseling school way back in the olden days, year 2000, right? With, uh. <laughs> The uh, What was it back then? The LSAC program at the University of Utah. Yeah. Um, there was a big debate on whether we should even get into discussing spirituality you know, because it crossed paths with religion at times. And it was very taboo up until fairly recently. And there's a huge difference. And I think everyone in recovery understands and everyone who's not in recovery, everyone in the, on this globe should understand the difference between spirituality and religion. Um, you know, the religion is is the group or the construct that you feel as though you can draw a sense of spirituality from. But spirituality is that feeling. It's that connection that you have with your higher power, whatever that may be. Um, I'm a firm believer that your higher power needs to be something that's obviously bigger than you. So when someone says, they used to say this to me a lot, Marissa, they'd say, my higher power is a doorknob. And they'd do it because they heard it at a meeting and they thought it was funny. Yeah. And I would challenge them on that. I'm like, how is that doorknob higher power than you? And they didn't know how to respond to it. You start breaking that down. Maybe it's the doorknob. It's the power that you put into it to twist it, to walk into that group meeting for the very first time, to surrender your mindset and attitude for change. So therefore, yeah, that could be. I remember one time a, a client of mine saying, mine's the universe. And I'm like, okay, then explain it. And he couldn't. And I'm like, dude, look at it. If it's, you know, if you're going to be willy nilly with this and try to be funny and silly, you can exit stage left. But if you really want to dive into it, tell me about how there is, you know, complete chaos in the universe, but there seems to be balance. You know, there's, there's synchronicity, you know, there's, there's movement, you know, there's beauty and there's chaos. I mean, and once we started getting into it, he's like, I kind of see that. Yeah. So I really had to like slow people down to say, you know what? Don't be silly and be funny, and don't like you know, jump into this if you are trying to just you know throw me a tagline. Yeah. What is it that makes you feel as though you truly belong? That you are someone unique, and the story that you have has influence. Uh, I think a lot of time we get uh, we get hung up on spirituality. Yeah. Um, and it's a big one here in the state of Utah. I think a lot of people. I find one or two things. One, people that are born into the religion, um, a lot of times they'll find frustrations with it and they'll leave and then they mock it, and I think that's kind of stupid. But then there's others that have left it, have some dark times, and they come back to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's an interesting paradigm, isn't it? Yeah. I once heard someone say that uh, you know, you know, uh, God lives in, in every jail, every, every prison, and he absolutely does. Why? Why?
1: Because people, all the distractions are gone. Absolutely. It's easy to be distracted by money and, you know. The pursuit of the drug or whatever. uh, Whatever it is. Anything. Family, friends, drama, you know, work. And Uh But in jail, everything's cut out and it's easier to connect to something bigger than yourself. And I think your perspective changes on what you see and how you see the world.
0: Absolutely. There's been times when I felt very strong spiritual spiritual connection um, in the mountains, running trails and been like, wow, this is magnificent. This is big, you know. Yeah. And there's been times when we've caught a sunset or a sunrise. And we'll be like, holy cow, stop and look at this, the majesty of what this is. Um, so I think finding spirituality is going to have to determine your connection with you first. I'm a first I, I love that the, the Buddha's philosophy of becoming one with yourself before one with anything else. And... We don't do that here. We look for a lot of external things to try to validate and build us who we
1: are, yeah. right?
0: Oh, for sure. So, if you become one with yourself, would you seriously categorize yourself as an addict and all be all? I would hope not. Heavens, no! There's so much more to you than yeah, just that so one bigger, attribute, right? So much bigger, yeah. So, to truly find spirituality, this is something that I, I really do take a lot of like love and and passion in, in discovering. Is is who are you before anything else? Are you the kind of person that likes to stir the pot and cause chaos? Right. If that's the case, guess what? You're a creator. All of us are right.
1: One way, shape or form.
0: Absolutely. So if you start with the foundation of you are a creator of whatever comes next, think about the power of that knowledge that you have the ability to create love, pain, chaos, joy, happiness, frustration. You have the power to do all of that. Yeah. You are essentially a creator. I mean, think about it. Someone's like, I'm sick of like trying to drink water from my hands. I'm going to build uh, a vase and I'm going to put water in it. Right. Uh Everyone's ideas turn into something tangible. They're creators. All of us. Everything in this room was created by someone. And and the cooler part about that from the earth, they found something, they made it into something else. Boom. It's created. So realistically, every person out there, if you're having a hard time with this spiritual concept, you are a creator. You create life. You create we, all these things.
1: We just had a good comment here on Facebook. It says, I create chaos. I'm addicted to it. I'm trying hard to mind my own business, keep my own side of the street clean, and not worry about my neighbor. I have i can't tell you how many people that we've worked with that are addicted to that. And oftentimes, mostly if you're in the addictive world, whether it's drugs or anything else, yeah, that, that becomes a whole addiction in and of itself because it feel it starts when life is so unsettled and there's just no stability or balance in it that feels normal and so when it doesn't and you have peace and calm that feels unsettling
0: okay so many. that's the thing okay so let's 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 really drill down on that for a second i'm so happy that that person said that Let's really classify it as what it truly is. It's an attribute. It's not even an addiction. There's a reason you're doing that. There's something inside, and it's kind of down there at the core, that makes that feeling of being unsettled, unless there's something going on. It's a distraction, or maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, maybe a, I don't know, a chance to abandon something else or to yeah. neglect something else in life. Yeah,
1: I think the distraction's good, whether it's, I don't want to look at, Yeah, my own side of the street. I'd rather it's easy to point out. But hold up,
0: what is this person pointing out? If they're pointing out conflict and things that need to change and that's considered stirring the pot, is that a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because sometimes like there'd be people that you'll want to try and help and they will just push away and it'll cause conflict. It happened with me in my own life when I joined the, the church uh, I you know, did make some daddy. movements of, of you know, frustrating relationships yeah. and I had to be okay with that. But as I invested in those relationships, they pushed away. I stirred conflict, even though I didn't mean to. Yeah.
1: I think that's what it comes down to is what is your motivation? What's your purpose? Of, yeah. If <laughs> your purpose
0: is to be a jerk, then we got to talk. But if your purpose is because you're hoping to make something better, and therefore, the person that you're trying to lean into doesn't want to change and that causes the conflict. That could be yeah. a, a source of emotional turbulence, right? Yeah.
1: Mostly if you're trying to force that, because, again, it's very difficult to. Yeah, we can't control anyone else.
0: So this person that asked this question, I'd be eager to know, have you ever invested in someone and they've listened and they have followed through with maybe advice or thoughts or comments and it's turned out to be positive? Because if that's the case, then that's probably the same recipe you're trying to use in every relationship, and sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah. So sometimes conflict and chaos, um, how, how much do we, do we lean into it really? Does that make sense? Like if someone came to me and they're like, you're the worst person ever, blah, 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 I wouldn't really stir conflict in me because I know that not to be true.
1: Yeah.
0: But if, if, if I'm talking to someone that I'm giving maybe advice to that I'm just you know, trying to like, you know, piss them off, for pissing them off sake. Yeah, that's wrong. I don't think that's what this person's doing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or like you say, if they are just trying to distract from their own life, their own issues, their own problems, it's easier to point out other people's. What should you do in that situation? To invest in things that aren't healthy.
0: What should you do in that situation? If you find yourself doing that, what should you do?
1: You're going to need to spend some time with yourself.
0: Look in the mirror.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Stir and
0: some th- conflict in you because what is conflict supposed painful? to do? It's supposed to invoke change, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, similar to when we talk about pain, what's the point of pain? To indicate it's there's a problem. to tell us there's a problem. Absolutely. And oftentimes, you know, in addiction, people will always just find a pain reliever because they don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you're creating conflict to distract from something else, you're trying to, yeah, just avoid the real issue and the real problem.
0: So what the source of all this in a spiritual sense, uh, listeners, you're all creators. So if you, if you will accept that fact, because it is a fact, um, everything that's produced after that can be uniquely designed for you. Um, you know, and, and I talk a lot about soul purpose, finding out what, are, what are you here on this little ball of mud for? Like, what's your, what are you here for? Mm-hmm. Each of us have a, a, a path that way. You know, some people are healers. They're doctors. They're nurses. They're you know, EMS workers. Some people are teachers. They're you know they're educators. They they go out and they teach and they spread knowledge. You know, some people are are builders and they create and they build you know magnificent structures and yeah. you know and all kinds of things. Some of them are artists and they produce amazing art. Right? I mean, we all have this sole purpose. Mine mine is to serve. And I found out that my sole purpose is to serve because every time I've tried to do something different, if I've deviated off that path, I start feeling depressed and down and and things don't work. And so I found a way to create an income and a lifestyle and, and addict athlete, a hobby to a certain degree and a a foundation on serving. Does that make sense? And
1: again, you're saying right now too, that sole purpose, you're connecting with your spirituality to look at something bigger and a bigger picture of where do I need to go that you're saying, you know, if I start doing something else that isn't toward that you know, things are disrupted and it's yeah. not as smooth and not as easy. And there's even something bigger and outside of yourself that's trying to push and guide you. And in if you could take and I believe that's true.
0: I love that, because if you can take that, Marissa, into whatever religion you want to invest yourself in, the power for great you'll be would be magnificent. Mm-hmm. Because when people get upset at religion, it's not the religion, it's the people within it that kind of muck it up at times. Oh yeah, Does that make sense? Because none of us are perfect. We all do stupid things. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard some some atheists have been quite boneheaded, but I've also heard some Catholics that are kind of goofy and I've heard some Mormons that are goofy. I've heard all of these other things. But guess what? Those are people. That's not the, the religion. Does that make sense? But taking all that off the table, who are you on the grand scale of a being one? Become one with yourself before anything or anyone else and see what happens. I think that's one of the neatest things I would have never have been able to accomplish half of what I've been able to do or maybe anything of what I've been able to do if I didn't really seek what made me tick inside. Yeah. And, and it's a scary that, thing. Some
1: of those spiritual questions are, you know, like, how do I live? What are my values? What are my core values? How do I feel connected? Where do I find meaning? And that's where you can really get build some of that self-awareness and build some of your spiritual self and, and spiritual life.
0: Yeah, that, that to me is... is it's, it's incredible so for for this listener what I would say first and foremost is is slow down look at yourself in the mirror become one with yourself start start looking at your morals your values your beliefs you know the things that bring you joy the things that bring you like happiness the things that you love um, those are all attributes of spirituality then uh, 100% I think this goes throughout the whole gamut start to serve in that caliber do something for someone else it doesn't have to be. Um, a, a religious orientative service. It could be anything. I think sometimes we forget the power of service. You
1: know what I'm saying? There's, well, there's so many ways to serve. Oh, yeah. You know, like everyone, all everybody needs help some way and you're everyone has different talents and so there's different ways that you can serve. You know, you're being a therapist, you help by listening and giving advice, but sometimes people, you know, I've noticed Janae's been on here today and Janae is done some amazing service for yeah. our athletes in helping them with finances and taxes like what a huge service that is absolutely to others because some it's something that she's passionate about and something she's good at and understands and she's been able to give back and help so many people with that
0: mm-hmm. when we try to control a situation we try to control an outcome or a paradigm if i try to control what other people believe that never works because control at its root doesn't truly exist. Mm-hmm. I can't control anybody to do anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what truly does exist is love. And I think sometimes when we do things on a love, um, it's a little bit more challenging because we do want to bring maybe someone to to a religion. And so maybe we control them into it. That doesn't work. It won't be long lasting. I think if we are cautious about that and we invite, so instead of, instead of bad mouthing a religion or bad mouthing a group of people or bad mouthing, like this happens a lot on team, Athlete, they, people always ask us, what do you, what are your real thoughts on the 12 steps? And I'm always like, they work fantastically if that's your path.
1: And yeah, it works for some I'm not going to well. bad mouth
0: anything like that because that's not what's going to bring someone to that path of healing. We're going to build our building as tall as possible without tearing anyone else's down. So when I hear people on social media or whatever, tearing down a certain organization, there's this gal out there. It's kind of funny. I follow her just because I like to see what she's doing. And she rips apart people in recovery and just thinks everybody in recovery world are, 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 are body broken And, and, you know, and I'm like, that's not the whole issue. There's some people doing some real good out there, but you get these people that are just just nasty. I'm like, why in the world would I follow you? If someone's on the corner, like.
1: They're trying to help and make a change, but she is so negative. All she does is rip everyone. She doesn't even highlight like people that are doing good in the recovery community. And I just think it would be awful to be her (laughs) because she's got to be, just feel awful every day because yeah. that's all she does is just look for the worst and then just enhance it. Yeah. Sorry. Well,
0: we had it on Team Meta Athlete when we first started. We had people that came from those other community groups and, and they came to our meeting and said we were doing it wrong and kind of scolded us. And we rolled with it, right? Yeah. It's the same thing when I was, you know, joining the church. Um, I saw people that were protesting the church and I'm like, I don't think you standing on the corner screaming at me is going to really get me to be, you know what, you're right. <laughs> Let me go. Let me, let me follow you. Like when people badmouth that kind of stuff, I'm thinking all that does is show the characteristics you have. Yeah. Your spirituality comes from within you. And if you can share that through your actions, through your talents, through your behaviors, through just your investments and your service, that's where I think you start becoming one with yourself. And then that will overflow into other areas. So you can find it absolutely anywhere.
1: Yeah. We have a couple of comments. Yeah. One here from Earl. Spirituality is tough for people like me because I'm an atheist. However, I have learned that spirituality and religion are completely different things. Mm-hmm. Spirituality just means believing in something bigger than myself. The planet, people, society, service, all can be considered spirituality.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Well said, Earl. And that's, yeah. that's what I love about that. And the cool thing is that you know maybe our religious beliefs will, are, are different, mm-hmm. but our spirituality ideas are exactly the same that's the beauty of values it. absolutely I, I respect the the crud out of, out of earl for saying that it's yeah. exactly true
1: and then Janae um says everyone has people that have passed and ancestors with them that guide them through that is also spirituality okay. yeah
0: i i believe that wholeheartedly um uh, there's been some, some really choice blessings uh, in my life with that, specifically watching um, and being there when uh, because of a calling I had when people well, were close to passing. And I know that to be true as well, Janae. I mean, you're, you're spot on. And I think sometimes if we just kick our shoes off and, and get, get them in the dirt again and walk on the grass barefoot, we start getting connected to that kind of stuff again. Basically, what I would say for this one is for spirituality, just slow down, get somewhere quiet, and just be. Remember how so Remember how obtuse that used to be to me? Just oh, be. Yeah. I used to debate that with you. Yeah. And then I started I to understand it, it.
1: And but
0: yeah. Just be. Yeah. What does it mean? I've gotten
1: older. I've learned. Joel. Really, Joel's yeah. the one that brought Joel that. Joel Agate. Joel Agate. Like one of my coworkers and mentors for years would always say that. And I thought it was so dumb <laughs> because I couldn't. We couldn't do I it. I couldn't do it. So that's part of it. And so we yeah, were
0: young just, and too much energy back
1: then. Yeah. But it's just learning. I think a lot of it is mindfulness and meditation. It's learning to just allow and not force, not fight. You know, just try to sit in something rather than always fixing, doing, changing, influencing. Just be, just be. Um, comment here by Trista. I have let a go. I have let go of the chaos o- of the chaos over the years by keeping myself involved with work and in community. I find myself not as much, um, in not as much chaos and feel like my life is constant. I don't feel like my life is constantly in shambles anymore.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. That, By getting
1: again, connected and doing something else, you know, getting involved in work and community, finding a bigger purpose to connect helps pull yourself away from maybe some of those negative negative behaviors. I
0: think so. You know, and, and one thing I think that we're able to do uh, listeners specifically in your addiction, as you're making these changes and some of the stuff that we've been talking about today is to just truly do your best to embrace the conflict. I mean, last night, you know, in our, in our own home that we got we got a heartbroken teenager at home mm-hmm. and, and, and rightly so. And, you know, it was interesting to see this, I don't know, just this, this flood of like, just, you know, Emotions, and I'm just like, when everyone finally went to bed because the day was the first day of school. I, look, I looked at Marissa, and I'm like, "No one told us." We just about like, this aspect of parenting, right? Yeah. But we got to think about That's embracing so the conflict. When when conflict arises, don't don't pretend or do like nothing about it. Really, kind of embrace it. Well, you know what I mean of, by that?
1: Yeah. Well, I believe some of that is just feel it, just allow it. You know, allow it to come. To feel it and come through you, it will be able to go through you and move past much quicker than if you try to fight it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've I've brought this up before. i um a friend of mine has been a a doula and a midwife for a long time, and I remember her always explaining and sharing, you know, when you do breath work and you're getting ready to have babies, you have to be able to learn to breathe through the pain, which helps like your contractions work through easier if you try to fight it and become tense like oh my gosh this is going to hurt this is going to hurt and you're just trying to stop it contraction is going to be much much worse it's going to be way more painful and it's going to last longer and being able to breathe through and feel the pain and allow it to pass through us is going to be much easier on your body and you know all of your contractions. And that, and it really applies to everything in life. It doesn't matter what it is. When you have change coming that you don't want, that you're uncertain of, that you you know, you don't want this to happen or somebody else did something, you know, to hurt you. Yeah, it's painful. It's hard. And you don't want to feel it. And you just want to embrace or like brace for the pain. And the more tense you become, the more difficult it is. Yeah. Because then it's kind of like this big wave is hitting a brick wall rather than it's hitting something soft and more fluid, then it can work with it rather than against it.
0: I love that. I remember uh, a, a dear nurse we had back in the day that would always like, Make you feel so calm before she jabbed you with whatever, you know, yes. like, like flu shot or whatever she's going to give you. Yeah. And I remember being like, wow, like that doesn't even hurt because she had this way of relaxing you. So you weren't tight and nervous. Yeah. yeah. Because when you're tight and nervous and you're trying to push a needle through to yeah. give you the uh, the flu vaccine
1: more yeah you're, you're more sore afterwards but yeah she would oh she was so good she'd like calm you down and almost do like a meditation but she wasn't doing that just with her, just voice her voice and mm-hmm. the way she'd just be so relaxed and she'd distract you and so she'd give you the shot without you even noticing
0: so you know you hear me uh I talk quite often then about that it's your resistance to the what is that causes most of your suffering is kind of what you're talking about like when yeah. you resist that It's going to create more suffering, right? Yeah. So if you resist dealing with the grief, if you resist dealing with the conflict, if you resist dealing with that that inner that inner dialogue, it's going to cause all kinds of conflict. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you know, there's been times where we're like, well, we'll fix that drippy faucet, you know, later. Mm -hmm. What happens? It floods eventually, right? I've seen this happen a lot in neighborhoods. Damage
1: because you think it's not that big of a deal, and then. Yeah,
0: I've seen this happen in neighborhoods where, like, you know, you get that that one neighbor that doesn't really take care of their place. They start parking their cars on the lawns, oh, and then pretty yeah. soon, right?
1: And the next neighbor, yeah,
0: next happens in addiction. Yeah. All these things.
1: It's that surrounding yourself with, you know, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. So, where do you live? It's the same thing. And how, you know, like, are you engaging in things that are educating you and increasing your mind and your spirituality, whatever it is? what you're around
0: absolutely and i think sometimes just that change in perspective is huge you know even some of the perspectives that we've had uh, me specifically on just the way we do addiction recovery from going from a very you know abstinence based only mindset to this concept of like okay i can see how some medicines can help to man i can see how this would really benefit people in the long run like, it's been interesting to get, start giving people that power of choice. Does that make yeah. sense? And that's a big one because I, I, I love my, my, my cohorts, Brock and Max, on the Agents of Recovery, and there's times that we get in these debates. And I'm like, man, you guys are so flipping rigid, you know? But there's other times when I'm like, dang, you guys are absolutely spot on. Yeah. But it's these, these little conflicts that kind of come up that really, I think, produce a better dialogue, a better outcome, a better experience, I think if we can u- utilize and understand that the that, that pressure in and of itself of life, of recovery, can be a privilege. Yeah. Can you imagine? I, I once heard this on, on a radio show, and for years, Marissa, it's, it's boggled my mind. And that was a concept of learning how to enjoy your suffering.
1: Yeah.
0: How? I mean, I've, I've rattled that back and forth in my head for, for probably about 25, 30 years. Enjoy your suffering.
1: So Rowena is now. Row is commenting. Oh. Talk about a person that has learned. <laughs> Adversity? Yeah. Uh, and learned. In fact, she says, one of the hardest things to train yourself in is embrace the, embracing the pain. But I've learned to find the silver linings in many situations. Changes things in, um, mentally, emotionally, and definitely physically. Um, more so in recent events, you're both aware of that my closure has been amazing. Yeah. I just allow you. And she yes, she's such an example of being able to do that for so many years. Roe
0: may not even understand how how amazing what she just said truly is because the little bit of time I got to spend with her and the situation that she had when she invited us over to assist um, prepared me for when my mother just passed. Yeah. And just watching that relationship being a part of what exactly what she just said made it feels just a little bit more understanding when i got the news that that you know that my family had changed and so um, take it from her because she's yeah. been through the school of hard knocks a few times she's graduated oh. and gone back
1: <laughs> yes Ro. she has but yeah she's yeah such a true example of learning to embrace the pain and being able to feel it to heal it, you know, that's what we talk feel about. Feel it a to
0: lot. heal it. Look yeah. at that, Marissa. Yeah, you
1: have to feel to heal.
0: Feel it to heal it, Marissa, twenty twenty two. That's a good t shirt. It's
1: yeah, it's important to be able to allow it to go through to be able to move on and move forward. And the more you try to fight it, it, doesn't get doesn't get better.
0: It's true. And and listeners, you know as we start wrapping up here for time, um you're doing the best you can. I know you are. And I know a lot of you out there are are maybe feeling alone, you're feeling that you don't have a choice and the the opposite is true, you have a choice in everything. Um, I know you're doing the best you can and I'm proud of you for hanging in there, for doing the hard stuff. Um, For those of you guys that went to bed sober um, last night, congratulations. For those of you guys that are thinking about using right now, reach out. And for those of you guys that may be be under the influence, there's a there's a sun tomorrow that will rise, and that's you can be your starting line. Um, I'm proud of each and every one of you. This isn't an easy thing. If it were easy, we wouldn't have a job here, right? Yeah. We wouldn't have the ability to, to I don't know help help you you know progress in that path of sobriety. But I'm proud of everyone who at least even engages in the thoughts of I want a better life. I'm sick of staying captive, and I want I want this change. Um, change and sobriety's not always fun and and roses, right? No. There's there's stress in that. But, but again,
1: that's the resistance. When you're talking about, I mean, addict to athlete, you don't get stronger, you don't get better by doing what's easy. Why do we? Lift? We were talking about this today. Why carrying do we
0: weights into our gym today, and I'm like, why are we doing? this? Why
1: do we do this? But why do we lift weights? We have to have resistance. To build strength. Mm -hmm. And that's how we get stronger. So, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually.
0: Absolutely. Keep keep working it out. So, yeah, thank you all for jumping on here today. Um, Soon we'll be able to restream this to all of our other platforms as soon as we get the uh, Wi Fi connected in here. I had no idea how expensive Wi Fi is for buildings. You know, if you were home, it'd be cheap. But here in the building, it's insane. Yeah. And each person you call, even though they work for the same company, have different price tags, which is weird. You can so call three weird. people from the same company. Yeah. Each of them will give you a different yeah. price. Like, what is this? And I'm
1: like, how did this, how did you get me $150 cheaper? Because you called me. I hate that. Like, oh, man. Dirty that, car salesman. Oh, it's the I don't worst. Even
0: want it's the that. worst. So, <laughs> so we're being picky with our internet provider because we it seems kind of like used car salesman. And we're
1: on a very strict tight budget. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So. Uh, we'll be able to broadcast this out further, but this will be a podcast that we'll be releasing you know, moments from now. So if you want to share this with someone that may need to hear a little bit of this, please do so. Thank you for, for doing that. Jump on, leave us a review. That helps immensely. Yeah, and believe and it or not, Marissa goes on and reads them out. Yeah. And then she shares them with me. So thank you for doing that, Marissa. So athletes uh, out there listening, until next time, please don't turn that mess into a powerful message.